Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm Frank Days, your host today. This is a place where we talk with marketers about the use of agile principles in an increasingly social and real-time world. Uh, before we talk to today's guest, I wanted to say hello again to my co-host for the day, Roland Smart. Roland, how are things today? Great. Thanks for uh, having me here, Frank. Looking forward to a great conversation. Well, welcome to today's guest, Richard Delahaye. Hey, Frank. Richard joins us from Barracuda. He was before that was director of marketing for a company called Intronus, which was recently acquired by Barracuda. Congratulations. That's right. Thanks. And is still doing Agile. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, why don't, as we jump into the conversation today, the first question of the day is, why? Why Agile? For me, it, it really comes down to, I think that my experience is, is not purely on the marketing side. Um, I uh, originally came from more of a sort of scientific sort of engineering type background before I got into marketing. And I think that not having formal marketing training meant that some questions popped into my head when doing marketing in what might be considered a traditional way. And I think the, the, the overriding example there is, I remember I used to sit in two or three or four hour marketing meetings sometime around sort of September, October, November time where everybody was supposed to present this huge uh, and uh, very elaborate marketing plan for what they were going to do uh, for, the, for the following year. And it always uh, made me shake my head a little bit because I thought to myself, well, if we really knew what we were going to be doing, uh, you know, 14, 15 months from now, then so something's gone wrong because either we haven't learned anything in the 12 months between now and when we're actually executing the Q4 plan, or we're just sticking to the original plan for no other reason than the fact that we had to prepare it for this meeting. So I think for me, that's one of the big things about Agile is that you have to adapt to what's happening uh, in the marketplace. You have to adapt to what's working uh, for, for you as a marketing team, but also within your organization. And so um, the ability to have a framework where you're not building a huge elaborate marketing plan, trying to make best guesses as to what you should be doing 12 months from now. Instead, you're, you're moving, you're learning, you're measuring, and, uh, and you're adapting. And, and Agile is, uh, is a great framework to, to be able to break out of that, uh, of that old structure. Richard, in a, uh, I was reading an article from OpenView Labs that uh, you were interviewed for, and you used a term that I really, really liked called minimum viable marketing. That seems to be a really good fit with the way that you're, the, the approach that you just described. Can you just talk a little bit about what made that term come up for you? I'm a huge fan of, of, the, of the idea of the minimum, vi minimum viable product. I heard the, uh, the founder of LinkedIn a few, uh, few weeks back say that uh, you know, if, you're not, if you're not embarrassed by the first, the first version of your product that you launch, then you launch too late. That's really where the minimum viable piece comes in, which is you have to get, you have to get your marketing out of the door and start seeing real-time feedback as quickly as possible because if you spend too much time in the planning stages and, and, and too much uh, too, look too far out into the future, you're not able to take advantage of uh, learning quickly, adapting quickly and, and being able to produce something that when you scale it up is really going to, to start, uh, start producing results. So what I try and get my team to do is, is try and think about what is the, what is the fastest path for us to get this idea, this marketing idea or this marketing campaign out the door so that we can start to see whether it's resonating 
with our market, whether we're getting the responses that we want, and then you know leave some room on the back end to then optimize and, and further scale that campaign for future results. So the, uh, the minimum viable piece, it's, it's not always easy to get sign off on, uh, on the half, half-baked campaigns that we sometimes send out, but it creates a very rapid f- uh, feedback loop. It's, it's something which, uh, even though it's hard to, to get the necessary people to sign off on it, it strikes me as a far more effective way of doing marketing so that if the initial idea doesn't work, you haven't spent two months planning the campaign around the bad idea. And if the idea does work, then you're able to optimize it and make it work even better. So how do you get past the whole challenge that, of perfection? Because a lot of, you've been, you've been in primarily in startups, and you and I have worked together in startup environments where people have come from larger companies and their expectations of big corporate marketing is some level of perfection. That's a really tough one, and I'll be honest that it's something that I, I run into a lot. I think it has a lot to do with the results that you're able to achieve. I think that not every marketer has the luxury of, uh, of being able to provide rapid results with the marketing that they're doing. Yeah, at Intronus now, Barracuda, um, you know, we're lucky that we have some somewhat short sales cycle. So when we run campaigns, we can start to see the results of those campaigns from a revenue perspective earlier than than in some of the sort of more enterprise sales cycles so that's a that's a luxury that we have the focus on results is is one of the only ways to sort of get through that kind of road, roadblock so if you have a uh, if you have somebody who's telling you oh this landing page doesn't look good enough it's not up to it's not up to uh, up to standard or you know I would never send out this email I would never I would never. Uh, I, I, w- I would be appalled if I received an email like that. If you can show the results, if you can say, "Well, look, let's just try it and see what happens. We'll try it on a small scale and and see how it compares to the benchmarks," then uh, that that would be my advice. Because if you don't if you don't push back on that stuff, if you're always uh, going round and round in in sort of approval loops of about the minutiae about this word and that graphic, uh, then you, you it slows you down. And the key thing here is speed. So I know that we want to focus a little bit today on exactly how broadly you should apply Agile and what are the limits. I'd like to kind of couch that question in going back to the fact that your company was acquired by a bigger company. And having spent most of my career in the startup world and now being at a very, very big company, Oracle, I know that the acquisition process can actually be quite disruptive. And I'm kind of curious to hear you talk about how you made that transition with Agile and if it was disrupted and how did it impact your ability to extend your Agile impl- uh, implementation and sort of where, where did you hit boundaries as, as part of a bigger company, if you did? I know exactly what you're talking about, Roland. We, uh, we've been lucky in that in the past th- three months since the acquisition was announced, you know, Barracuda has been somewhat hands-off uh, just because, uh, you know, we at Intronus, we were focusing on uh, selling to uh, managed service providers. And that was something that Barracuda was very interested in, even though they weren't doing a lot of it themselves. So they feel like our model is working, and so they've um, you know they've made some changes, obviously. Um, but 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 in general, the the actual acquisition itself uh, hasn't made a huge impact on what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. But what I can maybe comment on is um, is exactly you know that that sort of big. 
that big company mentality um, and and the the sort of the the classic kind of lumbering behemoth that you know finds it very difficult um, to to behave in an agile way. You know, I can I, I can talk to that even in the even in the pre-acquisition stage. Most marketing leaders are, are still probably from having been trained in marketing, having done a lot of marketing in the sort of pre-digital age. They are still they, they still think that stuff is important. You know, a, a marketing campaign is a is a is a twelve you know six twelve eighteen month uh, process. It's something where uh, you know it's it's sort of it almost cascades down in, in a sort of a waterfall fashion, which is, well, here's the central idea, and then here are all of the assets that we want to mobilize as part of this campaign, and here's the timeline that we're gonna do it over. And it's challenging to, uh, to, to, to convince people that actually that's not, that's not necessarily the best way of doing things. Those, side, those sort of campaigns do have their place, but I think I've been extremely lucky in working for Rick Falk over the past two years at Intronus, where he, he doesn't sort of carry that baggage. He's somebody who's who's interested in results, number one, and how you get to those results uh, is sort of a number two priority. And so we've been able to uh, show that some very unconventional campaigns in terms of the level of planning uh, that went into them uh, have actually been very successful. I'm glad you mentioned the Open View article because one of the uh, one of the items I think I talked about in that interview was a webinar that we did where we uh, we turned it around in about a week. Um, we broke all the rules. Uh, we had no external expert, uh, an industry expert, to comment. We didn't sort of do any research on whether this was going to be a topic that resonated well with our audience. We just one of the one of our technical support guys did a presentation to actually our VP of product and said, "Hey, there's this ransomware out there. It's pretty scary stuff." The VP of product said, "You know, you should you should present this to the whole company," and so we had a lunch and learn. And uh, he 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 put together a short PowerPoint deck. And I said, first time I'd seen it, I said, "You know, we got to do this as a webinar for our mar- our partner prospect base." So we took this support tech who'd never never spoken to a large group of people in his life, and we put him on the webinar, and we ended up getting 600 registrants for that uh, we- webinar. And the reason for that is because it was a hot topic. We found out about it on the Tuesday, and we we had a we had a we had a webinar on it the following Tuesday. We hadn't planned to do that webinar, but it resonated very well with our market. We our product had an angle that worked well uh, against ransomware, and so when you're able to when you when when you're thinking in an agile way and you're operating in an agile way and you can sort of uh, put together campaigns that quickly people people pay attention we were lucky on that one because it was the biggest webinar we've ever run uh, I was also very lucky because when I was hired at Intronus it was something I talked about in my interview was the fact that I was uh, I wanted to operate in an agile way I had that sort of sponsorship from the beginning from the leadership which is that they they knew that that was how I wanted to operate and so that gave me a little bit of leeway to sort of try it out and see if it worked. And we, we got a couple of early wins, and then we were able to continue. Well, I love the whole breaking the rules thing. I don't usually let assumptions get in the way of a crazy idea or something at least to try. How do you live within constraints of being in a business? I mean, there are still as much as you can decide you're not going to have a marketing plan. You were in a venture funded company now in a, in a public company. I'm in a venture funded startup. I'm working on an annual budget right now with my CFO and we're working on what is kind of some of the assumptions that go within a plan. How how does your approach of agile jibe with the needs of of the business for 
having annual goals and MBOs and budgets and forecasts and all the stuff that go along with that? Honestly, Frank, that's a really tough question because that's kind of, I feel like everything about Agile is awesome except for the fact that it kind of flies in the face of what is traditionally seen as a good way to manage a business, um, have, having those plans um, and being able to execute them. So what I would say is, you know, I have a, I have a plan. Um, it has, I have an, an annual plan. It has top level goals in terms of the number of leads I'm gonna generate for sales, the number of opportunities that, uh, that that's gonna turn into based on the quality of those leads and then the, uh, the revenue that's gonna come from that. And I think key item there is you need some, some benchmarks where you can be really reasonably confident that if you produce that, that many leads, you know your conversion rate. So you know how many, oper- uh, how many opportunities you'll get and then you, you know how many deals will come and what revenue will come. But, but as far as the detail goes of how you're going to achieve those numbers, to be honest, there, there is a lack of detail in there. We, you know, we aim to do however many webinars a month but we don't have the topics worked out more than you know, three, four weeks in advance. We know that we are expecting a certain number of leads to come through the website, but we don't know if it's gonna be because we've optimized this particular form to get more people to fill it out, or whether we have run a campaign on an external website which just sends us really, really good traffic. You know, we, don't, we don't know the, the method um, that that's going to work the best. So no, so you bring up a really um, good point that I think it, it's one of the foundational themes I think in uh, my forthcoming book, which is that I think folks who are implementing Agile are struggling to figure out how to get Agile to integrate with their traditional planning practices or their traditional marketing practices. And in some respects, I think there's a perception that they're actually kind of antithetical to each other, that Agile is anti-planning. I actually don't think that's the case. I think that in, in the book, I talk a little bit about the way that uh, traditional marketing practices and planning practices can be a way of preparing yourself to be able to react more quickly when you need to change by presenting potential scenarios and so on. But I'm curious to hear a little bit more about how you've tactically actually tried to bolt on or connect your agile practice to the traditional planning planning practices because I, I know about a year ago um, when this article came out you sort of talked about the fact that your agile implementation at that time was quite basic and that you weren't using retrospectives yet and you hadn't implemented some of the practices that you were sort of looking forward to getting in place so if you could talk a little bit about how has your Agile implementation evolved in terms of the practices that you're using? And do any of those changes that you've made, are those, were those changes that were sort of designed to address getting your Agile practice to, to work with a planning practice? Before I go into the exact specifics to answer your question, there's one, one, one extra sort of bit of background information I think is worth uh, you know, uh, mentioning, which is the task that Rick put in front of us as a, as a marketing team was, you know, find what works, and then scale. And so we benefited from the very beginning uh, since I've been at Intronus and now Barracuda that that was the overall goal. That was the stuff that got Rick excited. If we found something that looked like it was gonna scale and scale and perform at scale, uh, those were the marketing campaigns that he cared about. So with that in mind, Agile helps you if that's, if that's what your CEO is looking for because you don't know 
what's going to work and you uh, but as long as you stick to trying things that can scale then that gives you your best chance of being able to fulfill on that goal so in terms of what we've been able to do in agile to sort of uh, to, to improve over the past year there are some things in agile which i think work perfectly for for marketing and help and actually improve your process just by implementing them and there are some things that that would be considered part of agile with a with a capital a which just don't work that well for marketing. So let me, let, me, let me tackle one of those first. One of the areas we really struggled with in Agile is, is the idea of being able to size tasks. So if, uh, if you're sitting in a room of developers, uh, everybody in that room knows how long it takes to build a routine that you know, indexes a database or whatever it might be, some technical thing. And so when you're doing the scoring process, they can say, oh yeah, that's a, that's a three or a five and that's a, a good exercise. We tried doing that, but my team is somewhat specialized. I've got different levels of experience, different skill sets. And so it's very difficult for the email marketing person to know how long it's going to take for the web marketing person to, uh, to build a, a free trial form or to, to uh, you know, improve the, uh, the search engine optimization or something like that. So that's an area that we tried to implement that it just didn't really work. And so to be honest, what I'm doing now is I'm sizing the tasks, really, because I have a vague idea of how big they are, and then everybody just uh, you know takes my takes my read on that. So that's an area that we tried it didn't work. An area where I think it's worked really well is sort of trying to get everybody into the the agile mentality. And by agile mentality, uh, there's certain sort of tenets that I really like. Uh, you know, minimum viable marketing or minimum viable campaign is one of them. Another one that I really like is the idea is you don't know anything unless the data tells you. And that's, you know, that, that just getting people to think that way so that we don't end up sort of getting into these, uh, these arguments about whether you think this is going to work or I think this is going to work. You know, let's, let's actually, in an agile way, let's get something out there, let's try it and see what the data says. Um, and then make our decisions based on that. Yeah, and it sounds like you're doing that beyond just your own team, but also with your stakeholders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And part of that is um, is because of the results that we've that we've shown. But part of it, I think, is a certain level of certain level of sort of belief that that uh, at a company level that this is this is the way we want to go um, to make it work. But and that's tough. I mean, uh, you and I can re- recall a former VP of Sales who was insistent that he was the best email writer in the company and. The multiple split tests would never take him off of his his mountaintop, despite the fact that emails that you or I, you or I would write would be six to eight times more responsive than the, the piffle that he would produce the <laughs> long, painful emails. So let me do this. We're starting to run a little bit up against it for time, and I, maybe I can just ask one last question. I'd like to leave the end of these things. A lot of our listeners are newbies, or at least a lot of the people who are tuning into the podcast are trying to get started and try to figure it all out. So the question I often ask people at the end of podcasts are, what advice would you give to someone, maybe in two sentences or less, what advice would you give to someone who's getting started with uh, Agile and their marketing team? So, well, two sentences or less. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think I would say two things. The first one is it's really... It's really part of the agile mentality is just, you know, just do it. Just uh, just get out there and, and, and try it. Because uh, if you're still on the fence and wondering whether you should do this, that's when once you get into agile, that's what you're doing all the time. If somebody comes up with a crazy idea, 
like agile marketing, let's get out and try it, see if it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you'll end up doing that on a, on a daily basis once you get into it. So that'd be the first thing I'd say. And then the second thing I'd say is if you're, if you're running into roadblocks, and they are many and various, it may be a problem, maybe a leadership is struggling with the concept, doesn't think it will work for you, or you know, you're just hesitant for, for any number of other reasons. Maybe just try and carve off one piece of your marketing mix and, uh, and try and do that in an agile way and then uh, and see how that goes. So instead of putting your, uh, your reputation and your performance at risk uh, on, a, on a grand scale, uh, just look at one of the things you're doing and think, you know, is this something where agile would help us? And if you, you know, and, and if you choose right, then that gives you a great launch pad to start using agile in, in your other, other campaigns. Awesome. Well, Richard, thank you so much. I'm going to take away a few points. Just I always I laugh and I always think of you don't know anything. I, I, I always agree with you. I kind of always go into a lot of my processes and a lot of the ongoing debates are about what's what I think versus you think. And we marketers as a bunch can be arrogant and, and can also, you know, we are very hero oriented cultures. We celebrate the rock stars at certain brands out there when in fact, uh, sir, some of it is kismet, some of it is pure luck and, and random chance on things, or just the, the result of some crazy experiments or byproducts. So it's great to do that. And I, I also like, you're fortunate, I think, to have a boss who like is in the mode of finding out what works and scales. I guess that's, Roland, you've been through venture-funded startups and know there's a lot of, sure. <laughs> it's kind of the MO for pretty much all of us marketers early on, is to to do things small scale if it works so well richard thank you again for joining us today just again for our listeners out there you can find the marketing agility podcast on itunes if you can't find it there or you just want to get it and listen to it on demand it's also available on the agile marketing blog.com anything else new on your end you wanted to plug roland before we jumped nope just uh looking forward to continuing to write and talk about uh agile so thanks for uh being here, Richard. Good to talk with you. Once again, thank you and stay agile.